I actually thought um, before we get to, like before we start talking about the book itself, I actually came across a tweet that was extremely underground of, of oh. this person to tweet. <laughs> I, we might cut this out. We might not. I don't know if either of you guys have heard of Joffrey Miller. He's like this. He's like this. Um, I think he's in uh, like e- Evo Psych kind of an area or something. But he's like. I don't know. He, I think he, he kind of fancies himself as like intellectual dark web or at least like IDW adjacent. Also, just I'll, I'll make a very quick point here. Dude, honestly, I'm very questionable of like public figures that are like Evo psych at this point. There are, a lot, of, there, there are a lot of them running around who were just like, like that are just like, it's just like a way of viewing the world and it's not to say that like evolutionary psychology doesn't have like a strong scientific basis of course but the public figures who are just like espousing all these ideas and are like looking at the world through that lens just come across as stupid but continue what did he say he goes he tweets are there any good youtube channels that explain women's makeup and hair for young men with an like an emphasis on for young men comma so men can judge how much effort a woman made before a date or whether a girlfriend's look is smart and classy someone responds what's wrong with just looking at them and then he responds to that comment most guys seem to have no idea whether a woman has spent two hours on her look before a date or five minutes they don't they often don't even know the difference between foundation and blush or eyeliner and mascara what is it honestly guys like this i I just i I just wish they were dragged to the gulags, dude. Honestly, like, 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 honestly, what a cretins! Like, like to inform like a bunch of just like young men, just to like you know analyze women. Like, only one point four hours. Oh my god! <laughs> Is that not an extreme? I'm worth at least one point seven. What? What an absolute cretin to like. I mean, how much time do you guys put into dates? I, I, I but, but that's. Uh, 25 30 minutes like you get like yeah. you know you get ready like, you, you get ready to go like, out yeah you, you know you might like style your hair make sure you look good yes, smell yes. Good, but, but you expect like a woman to just like you know i, I can't imagine sinking like, two hours of my day into just like finely grooming myself and just like every myself, hair in alignment every hair a statue <laughs> just, just, <laughs> like I, that that i read that and i was just you know, th- this is the modern day Dostoevsky. <laughs> like the like, I just found that tweet to be extremely undergroundish. I, 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 I just thought I like saw that. I just saw that like the original tweet from Miller, and I was just like, okay, this this personifies many of the extremely toxic traits in the underground man, right there. It's just like, okay, because like think about it. Okay, you're, you're like. You're on a date with that woman, and then he's advocating for the YouTube tutorialization of discerning, like how much, like, I, 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 like, per, like what personality aside, like humor oh, aside, like, like interest levels aside. of objectification, just like how much of your labor has gone into like my pleasure. <laughs> Which just made me it like it made me just instantly think of that quote. Uh, it's like it won't spoil that much. Like towards the end, where you know the underground man is just in that embrace, and he just goes like, "I can't. They won't let me be happy." <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
It just like that quote just like made me think of that. And, and like, like I, I can just imagine a character like that sitting at the dinner table and just being like, you know, like, did she spite me? Finally, like, you know, like spending an hour with the makeup. Yes, like, yes. like, did she intend for me to notice this? Like, I yes. guess fury rose up within me. It's like. It- Creep, you monster yeah. creep. So, so, you know, it, it, I, I was filled with rage upon realizing that she had only deigned to spend an hour on me and then incensed by the fact that she looked so good after only an hour. I hate her for being attracted to her. That's underground. Wait, speaking of, what, what, um, what like additions did all of us read for part two? Because Adam, did you you actually read the same version that I have? Is that right? Yeah. Okay, because we because you and I have um, it's the tr- it's the tr- excuse me translation by Ralph Matlaw by Dutton Paperback, and I like, I thought this was I couldn't imagine a better translation. It was so good. It was so good. Yeah. Because what yeah. what did you have, Giffen? <sighs> well, that's a good question, Jordan. Um, <laughs> you see, because the original. Um, version that i read i think might have been constance garnet uh, actually okay. adam you have the physical copy so you might be able to comment on that um but then when i was re-going through it i listened to an audiobook freely available um Ooh. online just on youtube okay and i don't remember what version was used there but then i also like to kind of supplement that i <laughs> i copied and downloaded from like project gutenberg a free mm. uh you know version of that so it, it's kind of a mess <laughs> i also listened to um uh just while I was like, you know, messing around um, at, uh, an audiobook version of this too. And I'm trying to, cause it, that was excellent as well. Um, that was okay. And whatever, like audible is set up so poorly that it, it's very hard to actually pull up the information about the, uh... Oh, narrated by Daniel Dorse. It was extremely good. So I just wanted to like give him a shout yeah. out. Sure. Um, Okay, so like as we're as we're getting into it, I mean, generally, I I have th- loved the second part, um, and I I was often I was like I actually found myself laughing at it, like you know, like I very much enjoyed the read. It's very I funny, found it yeah. very very funny. <laughs> it's an extremely yeah. it's funny. Yeah, my I think my favorite moment that I actually there were there's so many funny moments, but I I really enjoyed like whenever they uh he was trying to get to like the prostitution house after he had gone to the hotel to eat with the guys <laughs> yeah, right yeah, 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 and yeah. he was just like <laughs> jabbing the cabman's like in the back he's just like he's like he's like he's like, he's like faster but i i want to get the exact words but it was, of course it was i was so yeah, funny yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, dude, I was cackling when he talked about the villainy of the officer as well. <laughs> well I mean, we'll get to all of this, but like, so, okay, so just to recap from last time. So basically, he's so he wrote part one when he was forty, uh, if I remember correctly, and he then sort of turned to part two, explaining the narrative, and I take it that. <sighs> And I take it that part two is really sort of what began his descent. I mean, he was obviously like underground at the beginning of part two, but I take it that that was sort of the, <clears throat> or maybe like one of the events in his life that multiple sec- events. Well, yeah. Covered, yeah. Well, but, but I was thinking <laughs> that like, like kind of set of events that like secured him like an inescapable position with the underground. Yeah. I think it, it led to kind of the, these events led to his analysis, which he kind of 
goes over in part one, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and it's like even hard to know that. I mean, it's clear like this guy had some form of psychosis since like yeah. school, oh, yeah. right? I mean, like he was under the impression that they all hated him and he yeah. all he hated them all as well. Like even like mm. back in and his like, one friend, school, he just like, abused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, that's definitely true. And I guess, honestly, we're kind of like the target audience for part two, because he said he was 24 when writing this and sort of a young man in he he, re, he refers to himself as a clerk in some sort of it wasn't clear if he was in the military or not civil it, service i believe yes like the post office or something like that yeah, yeah. It, yeah. i think russian society basically has you go into the military or you go into the civil service if you're like a you know okay. middle class kind of guy so okay. that would be the non-military branch all sure. kind of bureaucracy stuff you know yeah very it doesn't matter even it's just like you no. know you're <laughs> You sit at a desk and push papers or push pencils or whatever. No, which which is, I mean, that essentially is in some ways uh, what we are doing right now at the age of 25. So like, I, I felt like I was kind of the target audience for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah no, I think that's very fair. Um, and it spoke to me more or less to various degrees in various parts. So maybe we just, will, you know, we'll kind of like walk through because it's more of a narrative than the first time. So we should be careful about <clears throat> trying to be a little bit more linear, but um, there are independent themes again within it. Um, I, 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 I found myself laughing a lot actually at when he was talking about work um, and like the, like the, the kind of the daily minutia of what was going on at his office <clears throat> where, where he said, you know, I mean, like this is obviously, this is obviously, exacerbated to a degree that i can't relate to in, in full but I, I think if everyone's being honest like we could definitely relate to some part of this where he was just like he's talking about his 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 life in the office and he says i made friends with no one and even avoided talking and hid myself in my corner more and more at work in the office i even tried never to look upon anyone and i was very well aware that my colleagues looked upon me not only as a crank but looked upon me so i always thought seemed to look upon me with a sort of loathing i sometimes wondered why no one except me thought that he was looked upon with loathing which is funny because that so the last sentence there is where he really i mean that's the first of many shades where he will uh he, he is like a, a case study in overusing the fundamental attribution error where he will always look at people in terms of like their state of mind, he, he's like stuck in the objective attitude towards people in a way that is like very, very um, deleterious to his interpersonal and intrapersonal health. Um, yeah, and like even that like is like a complete contradiction. It's like I wonder like I was like you know the only one who was looked upon poorly, and then he just like literally follows it up and was like, <laughs> what, what? I laugh at this like. One of our clerks had a repulsive pockmarked face, which even looked villainous. <laughs> I believe I would not have dared to look at anyone with such an unsightly face. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's like, it, he's so brutal. Like, he's so brutal. I think we should say also that he's just a bad guy too. Oh yeah. Like, he's just a bad, he's, he's like, I mean, you have to feel sorry for him. Like, he's obviously like, like deluded and just. Oh yeah completely out of his mind but he's also just a very bad character he's a jerk so, <laughs> yeah he's terrible oh he's a terrible guy yeah and he he's always just like i mean he sets <clears throat> he sets 
he's not doing himself any favors in the way he thinks about things. So on like the next page, he says, of course, I hated all my fellow clerks, one and all, and I despised them all. Yet at the same time, I was, as it were, afraid of them. So he's, and I, I honestly do think that this is like a, um, this is a combination of traits of that is more common in young men than it is of anyone else, where it's like, I mean, he's taking it to the, like, he's just cranking the dials up in both cases, but he, there is this like aspect of him thinking that he's better than everyone, but at the same time, being very afraid of being judged by people to the point where he's just like unable to form a real connection with anyone in a very, like a very kind of a tragic way. And he says, uh, there's just another quote that made me laugh. Still another circumstance tormented me in those days that no one resembled me and that I resembled no one else. I am alone and they are everyone, I thought and pondered. So he's just like, he, he, I don't know. It's like very weird. He's, he's like failing to understand that. I don't know. Like he, he also succumbs to the spotlight effect a lot too, where he's like, every, he, he just thinks everyone is thinking about him and noticing him all the time. Like he, the entire first encounter is basically that like the first scenario. Yes. Um, yes. Like with the, uh, the, the officer. Yes. <laughs> it's just the pages and pages of him pouring over like the, the nuanced social, like status um, relations between him and this like one guy who literally did not probably like realize he exists. I, 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 that is the whole, the whole scenario, but it's pages and pages poured into it. The interactions with the officer might've been my favorite part of the entire second part. because They're hilarious. (laughs) They're so funny. Some of the ending got me, but that's um, pretty close. So Um, I just wanted to just really briefly just mention, um, because you were talking about like, you both were talking about how like, he kind of like oscillates between like these um, kind of hyperbolic stances. He's like, like I am so far above everyone. Just like, I can't believe no one else has like the um, observational skills to see how, what a lowly man like this was or pitiable or whatever. Then he'll immediately go like, sometimes I, I, for a moment thought everyone was more, you know, was um, better than I was. And he's like, I, I abandoned those thoughts. It was like, basically I just want to bring to uh, light um, the very end, like literally the very last line mm. where it says like the notes of this paradoxicalist do not end here. Um, just the, it is it is very very important to the story seemingly that he's kind of like filled with contradictions that just won't resolve yeah and, and he experiences them and he acts upon like different aspects and it's just there's just no end to it and it's very difficult to talk about an example that i've had of this in like my own life because the details are often too personal to like talk about but obviously i've never experienced it to this extent but it <laughs> it's I, I don't know i'm just curious if you guys will like get what i'm t- trying to refer to or not but there will be times where like uh, you're kind of presented with like certain ways of being or like certain like courses of action where and you're very unsure of like what to do in any of them uh to the point where you can begin to have an inner monologue about that particular topic that sounds you know 15 percent of this or something you know what i mean yeah yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. No. I agree with that. Yeah. And that. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's extraordinary hyperbole, but I think we're all supposed to kind of feel like moments of this. Right? I, I think honestly, there's not a human being on Earth who hasn't experienced some form of something like that. You know, yeah. Where it's just like, especially what just... is the age range where he's describing. You know, mm. huge uncertainties. Yeah. Where it's just like you begin to become a paradoxicalist yourself. 
Yeah. Like, it's just like, there's no right course of action yet. You have to choose, but there's like this inaction that's always available, but yeah. you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so, okay. Like introducing the villainy of the officer, he, he's like, so he's, um, he, he's trying to go into a tavern to start a fight because he sees he's like walking along on some night and he sees these like kind of you know good old boys in the tavern and they're they're fighting they're like they're fighting with pool sticks and and they um they throw like some someone out the window of the of the tavern and he's just like that strikes him as something that is to, like, positively to be desired for him to be like thro- you know thrown out of a, a window um <clears throat> And so he goes, so he goes into the tavern to try to, uh, to try to get into a fight. And, and cause he knows he'll, he's not like going into a fight to try to win. He's like going into the fight to try to lose. He wants um, to be thrown out the window. He wants yeah. to. Like, he's, yeah. he's like, he's really hoping that happens. So. Yeah. And he was, <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, this is like one of my favorite lines. It's, I, um, I, I don't know exactly where we're at, but it's basically like. <laughs> It seemed that I was not even equal to being thrown out of the window, and I went away without having my fight. <laughs> yes, this, this state of mind is just ridiculous. Well, so so because he says, um, you know, so he was kind of thwarted in the attempt to get into a fight by this officer, and I'll just read because like the, the writing is just so funny how he how he, like this guy you know um, views things. He says, "I was standing by the billiard table, and my ignorance, and in my ignorance, blocking up the way, and he wanted to pass. He took me by the shoulders, and without a word, without a warning or ex- an explanation, moved me from where I was standing to another spot and passed by as though he had not noticed me. I could even have forgiven blows, but I absolutely could not have <laughs> could not forgive his having moved me and so completely failed to notice me. So it's like this officer, it, which is like it, it's actually true. It's extremely disrespectful to just move someone. <laughs> Honestly, I'm kind of wondering whenever I read this, um, it kind of seemed to be more like he was just in the way. And like, mm-hmm. so the guy like needed, you know, this guy seemed like more of a bouncer or something, you know, like he kind of moved, moved him out of the way so he could, you know, proceed. No, 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 no. Giffen, that that guy is the officer that he. I, right. Right. Oh, I, I get oh, that. Oh, okay. But like I, I his seemed to be like more of like a, you know, I don't want to say peacekeeping, but, but like peacekeeping. Right. No, I don't think so, because like there was no he just said he was standing by the billiard table like this guy, like this guy just wanted to move past him and just simply like just moved like the like the underground man. Yeah, I don't know. I I kind of interpreted this as more of like a very slight encounter, like, you know, slightly brush aside. Well, that's the funny thing is, too, about this is because like uh like, obviously, this guy is kind of an unreliable narrator. So this could have been as simple as someone simply, you know, like you're kind of at like a packed like bar or whatever. And you just kind of brush past someone. And, he, you know, like he in his, you know, just insanity could have easily interpreted that simple move as, uh, you know, him like moving. Uh, yeah. He, he, you he know, tre- like treated like unreli- a fly. Yes. <laughs> he always seemed like an unreliable narrator. So. Yeah, I, I love I love so so nothing happens, essentially. Um, and he says, 
I went out of the tavern straight home, confused and troubled. And the next night I continued with my petty vices, still more fervently, abjectly and miserably than before, as it were, with tears in my eyes. But I, but still, I did continue them. Don't imagine, though, that I funked out on the officer through cowardice. I have never been a coward at heart, though I have always been a coward in action. Don't be in a hurry to laugh. There's an explanation for it. I have an, expl- an explanation for everything, you may be sure. So he's like... You know, it, there is a way in which you can't really be a coward at heart if you aren't uh, uh, like a coward in action. You know what I mean? Like, it, you, you know how like bravery is not like br- bravery is something that you can't really do from like a state of mind, because if you act valiantly, but you're not afraid, it wasn't really bravery. It was just sort of like, you know, brashness or, or you know, but like the entire like what defines being like brave is overcoming certain feelings. And he's just like, well, I was, I was always a coward at action, but, but never at heart, you know? Like, <laughs> Which makes absolutely no sense. Mm. So, so it's like, it's like, he, I mean, it's clear that he's a big time coward in the later scenes whenever he's like, you know, trying to like, Oh yeah. The he coward through and through. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I love when he dives out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah there's no greater moment of cowardice like yeah because so you're referring to because he he, he's like he's obsessed with this officer to the point where like he he thought about him for years he he like dwells yeah he said like two years so he was like stewing on this like he he says like the villainy of the officer for two (laughs) years he says he says he would go down and like walk along he kind of painted this picture of like a marketplace along the river or something yes where where the officer would often you know stroll with his comrades and he would go and just watch and learn about him and he you know he said like it was extremely difficult to get information about this guy because he didn't know his name but you know one day he heard someone call out his surname to him you know from afar and he you know he used that to sort of inquire about him in the service and he followed him home and paid his doorman like information you know to to like you know learn what he could about him what room he was in whether he lived alone or not and And also like he's mad he he remarks on the fact like through his observations he notices that you know people who view themselves as like lower in status to the officer always sort of move aside as the officer you know um, as he's walking yeah. yeah like when they're both you know if they were to collide someone of lower status steps aside and the officer himself will step aside for those who are of you know higher higher status, higher mm-hmm. status exactly yeah, it's like the the psychosis is like surrounds this idea of like I will assert my equality before this man. He will like be forced to recognize me. <laughs> yes, like, that yes. that is like two years worth of effort goes into like planning a singular encounter where he can establish his equality. I mean, honestly, I, the, the phrase doesn't make any sense, but I think he would probably say, "Establish my equality over him." Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. that's kind of the attitude it gives off. That's an it extremely no underground <laughs> phrase, actually. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and it, it, you know, completely ridiculous. Um. But like he's he's kind of he gives off the impression that he's like he's like middle class, but like kind of not lower best financials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like he has like a yeah. an okay, not great paying job, but like you know he's not a peasant. But like he's about to like just <laughs> well, I guess we can go along with the story. But like no, the like, encounter like, that forms in his mind requires him just sinking everything <laughs> he owns. No, given it's like it's like okay, this is like the type of guy who 
I kind of was like kind of our um, economic status growing up where it was like it was a real burden, not not burden, but it was a real it was it was a non-trivial monetary decision if you wanted to have like the new Jordans or whatever. You know, pe- people would, you know, it was a, it was a serious consideration. Yeah, yeah pe- people would show up with like one hundred and fifty dollars shoes. You'd be like, oh, that's that's sick. And meanwhile, you'd be wearing like, you know, kind of like thirty dollar, like, you know, old Adidas or something that were yeah. like on sale. You know, what I mean? it's like, yeah. OK. There's nothing to complain about, about old Adidas's or whatever, but, but you know, like you can get like, if you were this type of person, you know, you just like the villainy of the, like the, <laughs> the, the stat is like, you will establish your equality over them. Cause he goes through insane lengths to like prepare for this moment. Cause he's planning to just like, he thinks he will establish equality over him by just walking into him and like not moving. And he thinks that, you know, he says like you know th- this will surely cause him to like crumple before me like he'll, yeah. he'll, <laughs> like he'll realize the error of his ways and he because he, he he has like some raccoon pelt or whatever but he's got to upgrade to like a beaver pelt that he knows will go bad well in, like, no a few you know he, he, he doesn't even have the beaver he has to upgrade to the raccoon <laughs> I, I i think that's the one because because he, he can't get beaver beavers too it's, it's so something needs, like that yeah. raccoon imitation and he or, was I mean, obs- yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. And he was obsessed with the the gloves because the lemon colored ones that he had you know, would have been too gaudy and too like attention drawing to himself to just run into like, the officer wearing. Oh, actually, no, I recall now. It's he he doesn't he doesn't get beaver, but he gets beaver imitation because he is raccoon. Which he knows. It's so funny too because he says like he knows that the beaver imitation will be kind of ruinous within the year like it doesn't last very long but he he like he borrows money from his superior officer like you know isn't he known for never (laughs) lending money to yes yes (laughs) yes and later remember he also owes that one um the guy from from you know like his university mate or you know whatever he owes him money still so he's just like he's just like a scoundrel (laughs) he is a scoundrel and, and he, he he goes to like multiple you get the sense that he had tried like potentially dozens of times to like just simply run into this guy while he was walking with his you know fellow officers and every you know one time it'd be like he, you know he couldn't reach him in time or whatever like the other time like the one that adam said he's six inches away he you know his courage failed him and he threw himself out of the way <laughs> we should actually find that that's yeah pretty, that's that? pretty funny let me see here where is that it is adam and our oh also I, I'm, I'm seeing this one little section here um yeah. This is just him like thinking about how the guy would remember in a sense, like like the fact that he had moved him two years earlier. Yeah. So, yeah. so just like, and how ridiculous. Oh, oh, remember when he uh, wanted to challenge the guy to a duel? Like, like but that was two years later. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So he wanted to show up at his house and like, or his yeah. apartment, like challenge him to a duel because of him. Yeah, just, it was madness. Yes, it was madness. Um, Oh, I love this too, where he says one morning, though I had never tried to write anything before, it suddenly occurred to me to describe this officer in the form of an expose in a satire in a tale. I wrote the tale with relish. I did expose him. I slandered him. (laughs) 
At first, I so altered his name that it could be easily recognized, but on second thought, I changed it and sent the story to the annals of the fatherland. But at the time, such exposés were not yet the fashion, and my story was not printed. This was a great vexation to me. Sometimes I was positively choked with resentment. So th- <laughs> and then after that is when he decided to challenge him to a duel. At last. <laughs> and, then after, and then after that, I think, is when he finally just devised the plan to just run into him, essentially. <laughs> yeah, he would have coward. <laughs> I, I love also in what I read there, like he never, you, you get the sense that this guy has never saw himself as failing. It's always like the circumstances were wrong or like, like the story is probably just terrible. Like, because what, what could it be? Like this guy moved me aside at the bar. Yeah. I mean, this, this guy who like, I think is already a very unreliable narrator towards like his benefit, even admit he's like, um, um, I did unmask his villainy. I even exaggerated it. He like admits that like he's just like writing down just like fabrications from his perspective. It's like, no doubt whatever he wrote down was awful. And and he spent so in the two years that he spent planning on this, he says that he, he had dreams, flights into the sublime and the beautiful, like thinking about just like ruling over this person. <laughs> establishing his equality over him yeah i I, i'm honestly struggling to find i know it's somewhere between the officer oh okay i found it i found it um it's on adam it's on page 48 i think of our uh of of our um okay uh the plan had to be carried out skillfully by degrees but i confess Uh, that after many efforts, I almost began even to despair. We could not run into each other, and that was all there was to it. I made every preparation. I was quite determined. It seemed as though we would run into each other directly, and before I knew what I was doing, I had stepped aside for him again, and he had passed without (laughs) noticing me. I even prayed as I approached him that God would grant me determination. One time I had made up my mind thoroughly, but it ended up, it, but it ended in my stumbling and falling at his feet. <laughs> at the very last instant, when I was only six inches from him, my courage failed me. He very calmly stepped over me while I flew to one side like a ball. <laughs> <laughs> That night I was ill again, feverish and delirious, and suddenly it ended most happily. The the night before I had made up my mind not to carry out my fatal plan and to abandon it all, and with that goal in mind, I went to Nevsky for the last time just to see how I would abandon it all. Uh, The Nevsky is the place where he walks. He says, suddenly, three paces from my enemy. (laughs) He's like an enemy now. (laughs) Three paces from my enemy. I unexpectedly made up my mind. I closed my eyes and we ran full tilt, (laughs) shoulder to shoulder into each other. Uh, I like how it's we. (laughs) (laughs) As if it's a mutual engagement. Yeah. Not just some guys like shouldering him for no reason. I I did not budge an inch and passed him on a perfectly equal footing. He did not even look round and pretended not to notice it. But he was only pretending. I am convinced of it. (laughs) I am convinced of that to this day. One years later. Of course, I got the worst of it. He was stronger, but that was not the point. The point was that I had attained my goal and that I had kept kept up my dignity. Like I just I just love that. Just I had not yielded a step. It's it's oh it's hilarious. Um, and you know what? <clears throat> this was really interesting too because th- uh, let's I'm take this is a little bit of a step back for a second. Um, 
I don't know about you guys, but <clears throat> you know how the first part was very aphoristic. Uh, I noticed the, you know, I, I'm kind of psychologizing about him at this point, but I, I, I noticed many themes of the aphorisms occur here in a narrative way, in a, in a way that it really made look, it made part one look like this sort of weird kind of post hoc rationalization where like all of these bad things happened to him. And then in that sense of like, he, he kind of turned and then embraced the thing that was, uh, you know, kind of like subjugating him, you know, like he, he, he's, he's talked about, you know, he even prayed that God would grant me determination, you know? So he like, he kind of like wanted to be determined to do the things that he wanted, but then, you know, obviously like nothing goes his way. So then in part one, he kind of rambles about how like, you know, there is no freedom, but at the same time there is, it was, I don't know. It's just very interesting. Like reading part two after part one, where you get to see the themes kind of become established. Yeah, no, I agree. At first blush, you might even wonder like why this is like the same kind of yeah piece. yeah it's yeah like, actually it's like one third of this is like kind of like random philosophical ramblings of a you know forty year old retiree, <laughs> and then you know the next two thirds is just like a series of narratives like from the point of view of a neurotic man like in his early twenties. Yeah, it's like but it is very interesting to kind of like piece back um, to you know part one and see like why someone could have developed to be like the way he was in part one and how he could come to those kind of philosophical conclusions or <laughs> budding <laughs> several <laughs> philosophical conclusions. Cause it, cause, cause it's like part two. I mean, this, it's, this not logical, but just descriptively part two seems to undermine the validity of part one. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In, in a sense where like, it's all obviously so derived as this coping mechanism. And also, it just like, once again, like part one was a critique of the idea of the like perfectibility of man. Mm. And you might have been able to take that as like a realist perspective, just reading part one. Mm. But now it just comes across as cynical after yeah. reading part two, where it's just like, I don't understand why Dostoevsky would have like, okay, here are the thoughts that I sort of endorse. I mean, that was a social critique he was making, but mm. it's made by this very loathsome character that has an evident disdain for humanity. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, I definitely kind of felt that way too, where it's like, okay, like, are these the ideas of the underground man? But they're not mm. just that. They, these are also social critiques you're making. But you're yeah. lumping yourself in, in a sense, with like, I mean. And yeah, some I'm, of it's true. Like, that's the other weird thing, too, about part one is some of it. I mean, it wasn't all just like stark rambling. No, you, you, my, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you can yeah, think yeah. it as like, you know, like a realist perspective, at least in some ways. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry, Giff, I cut you off. Oh, yeah, no, no worries. Um. I was going to say, like, I mentioned this kind of last time, um, though it seemed like now is kind of jumping the gun then. Um, but it, it, it is kind of difficult. It, something to keep in mind when reading it is that, like, I don't think Dostoevsky is necessarily the underground man. Like, he's not he's he's there's a separate there's a difference between the author um, mm -hmm. and the the writer. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, well, yeah. well, you know what I mean? Um, between the narrator and our story and then Dostoevsky himself. Yeah, um, yeah. So that and it's that's one of the things that's kind of worth fleshing out 
I mean, it makes it more difficult by the fact that um, our, you know, <laughs> our raving lunatic um, kind of articulates points that are conflicting, like paradoxical. So mm-hmm. um, you, you'll find things like in his ramblings that seem to be like, you know, transparently true, but he'll like, av- he'll like sternly disavow them moments later. But it's kind of like all, it's all like, there's just no, um, no way for him to collapse those into like one coherent thing. Um, yeah. And, and it's true that obviously, you know, the underground man and Dostoevsky are two different people. But at the same time, I think we talked about this a little bit in like the, the part one. If you've never experienced anything like this to a even significant degree, I don't think you could write this book. So it's, it is sort of telling of Dostoevsky that he could write this. Do you, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, In I agree. Some way. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like I, I definitely, if I was going to make like a social critique, like in a literary sense, I don't think I would make, I don't think I'd make my points to be like the mouth of like the worst human being imaginable. I mean, like this yeah, guy is such yeah. a bad guy. And it's just like, yes, it's literary. And yes, of course, the underground man is not Dostoevsky, but it's mm-hmm. like, the ideas that Dostoevsky is trying to get across are coming from a pretty loathsome creature. So it's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's an odd literary device, in my opinion. The only thing that I could think would be interesting is that, you know, like, cause we don't know his backstory. We just get this snapshot of like 24, you know, we get a little bit like hints of him, you know, having these like oddities with school too, but it's not clear to me to what extent, the underground man has always been this way or to what degree society has also shaped him in this way. Um, I mean, he's obviously a kind of a sick individual, you know, but you could imagine someone who is a bit, a bit, you know, maladaptive, but placed in a kind of like a horrible society might become the underground man, you know? Um, so I don't know if it could be levied in a, like a critique of that direction. Um, but it, it, yeah i mean i'm curious because it might be the case that like i mean so regardless of like the neuroticisms um the underground man is somewhat intelligent right i mean he mm-hmm. he is observant you know to, to, to a terrible degree um and to a misleading degree but um i'm wondering if like dostoevsky is kind of putting these things forward as like this is this man is an example of one of the people who will prevent the idea of like um, the mm. collectivist utopianism, but he's also one who happens to be aware of that fact, you know? So that's kind of like, it, it is an odd device, but it's like a, a, a self-aware obstacle to utopianism. That's kind of like, like, yeah, there's no perfecting this guy. I mean, he, he is, even, just, he even knows like it's, it's yeah. so, the obstacle is so immense yeah. that someone who is aware that he's an obstacle to this is remains an obstacle to this. Yeah. It's, it's like almost like, okay, if you believe in this utopia that many of the time we're espousing, you have to believe in your common man. And you have, <laughs> you have to have like some belief in people and have some, you know, value and respect in people. Yeah, and at large and like there are people that don't and this character certainly doesn't and yeah. there are people like him so and it ties back to the very beginning before like the proper notes begin it was like kind of a quick Dostoevsky comment which is you know at the very beginning and the very end in like parentheses I believe um, in what I read but it's like someone like this this is a fictional account but someone like this must exist in our world mm-hmm. so yeah. this is just yeah. kind of where it ties back to like his, his like l- one of two 
like actual Dostoevsky comments specifically, mm. like directed at you, is like these people must exist. So what this is, you know, political and social commentary. Like you, your <laughs> philosophy must grapple with this creature that I'm about to like tell you about. You know. Yeah. 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 That's and also, point. and also like m- many people will have spurts where they are this person. Like, yeah. Not, well, not that they will live. Yeah. As yeah. This person, if, if anything, but... that's like, <clears throat> actually that probably explains the device is that um, you can, even though he's a pitiful creature, you can always see pieces of um, yourself in them. So it, yeah. it makes it much harder to like, if you have like a kind of a utopian <laughs> viewpoint to kind of like, it really makes you reel it back. It's like, if I can see parts of myself, even if I hate to admit it in yes, this creature, yes. like, I may find myself throwing rocks at the Crystal Palace. Like, oh no. <laughs> yes, yes, that's tr- that's actually a good point. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, very, <clears throat> it's very interesting the way he um kind of constructed this work in its like, well, in its structure. But it, I think it actually does achieve it mostly. And also, like, you know, I don't know about, about you guys, but when I was kind of relating to various degrees to the underground man that was always associated with a memory that was just like a horrible memory. There was nothing that I, there were no good memories that came to mind reading this. <laughs> that, that's a fact. That's a, yes, yes. This is not something you read if you're in the bowels of depression. No, no, no. You actually have to be like a very kind of good state of mind, I think, to read this paper. Yeah, you need well, to be good humored with your past failings. I, honestly, yeah, yeah. You have to be, you have to have a, like a healthy relationship with your past, I think, to read this. Yeah, um, it can hit way too close to home. Because so. It, so, it did at points. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Points. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, so kind of going back into the narrative, he goes mm-hmm. to, um, he goes to these old school fellows, um, without, you know, he, he hadn't like invited himself. He hadn't seen them for like at least a year or something like that. They were never even close. Um, but he, you know, just kind of goes, uh, and, um, uh, enters their flat and um, I'll read a quote because I, I liked the I yeah, liked and the also yeah, it'll be very helpful to listen to both of you pronounce these names too as considering you listen to the audiobooks because uh, yeah. Uh, yeah some of these they're I'm up to interpretation sure. <laughs> they're, they're yes, rough <laughs> yeah, some of these I'm pretty sure I know how to pronounce but the uh, the tall cold fellow how do you say his name <laughs> uh, I have to see so, it on paper um, yeah I don't know which one's the tall one cold starts with a T yeah uh, there was uh, for Fitchkin, there was Zerkov. Fitchkin was the one that was Oh, clear. oh, Trubalyov. Trubalyov? Or Trudelyov. Well, uh, where is this? No, one? no, no, no. Trudalyabov. I'm not I'm Oh, not there. Sure. Yeah, Trudalyabov. Yeah, Trudalyabov. Trudalyabov? Yeah, Trudalyabov. Zerkov, Trudalyabov. Simonov. Uh, oh, okay. So he so so he says I found two more of my old school fellows with him. Him being a uh, Simonov, who was this guy who it was so I, I don't have the quote, but I just like laughed out loud where he was like, I suspected that Simonov may hate me, but I went nonetheless. <laughs> it was just like, like get better. Friends. Spite is high here. So, so he says um, he hasn't seen him in years. By the way, too, I don't know. If it was like that, it was but... like a year. I think he's yeah that he hadn't seen. Yeah, them. like they're they're. Ah. A year or so post school, and they weren't terribly warm in school. Yeah, exactly. It it might have been longer. It might have been three years since you saw Furfetchkin. Oh, maybe. I know it was a year for Simonov. 
Okay, okay, okay. But he says he walked in there. They hadn't seen him in years, I think. Okay, so so he says, I found two more of my old school fellows with him. They seemed to be discussing an important matter. All of them scarcely took any notice of my entrance, which was strange, for I had not seen them in years. Evidently, they looked upon me as as something on the level of a common fly. I had not been treated like that even at school, although everybody hated me there. I knew, of course, that they must despise me now for my lack of success in the service and for having let myself sink so low, going about badly dressed and so on, which seemed to this, which seemed to them a sign of my ineptitude and insignificance. But nevertheless, I was not expecting such contempt. Simonov even seemed surprised at my turning up. Even in the old days, he had always seemed surprised at my coming. All of this disconcerted me. I sat down feeling rather miserable and began listening to what they were saying. I love that, like, you get that entrance. And honestly, someone with, like, self-respect or someone who valued their time would have just left. You know what I mean? Just like, okay, they clearly don't want me here. They're not really my friends. Like... To be honest, like I, I am wondering if this <clears throat> this social slight is kind of exaggerated as well. Like if they were discussing something very important, like it, it maybe not be like, you know, timely to like turn and say hello. Well, no, but you find out what it is. They're just planning like a farewell party. It's not like, you know, they're, well, they're not I, like, yeah, no, but like, I mean, if like they're in the middle of the conversation, groups. it seems like he has an expectation where like everyone kind of stops and bows to him like immediately upon entry. No, but, but Giffen, imagine like, okay, we haven't seen like, you know, Adithia or someone in years. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the three of us are at a yes like we would instantly stop you like oh dude like what's up it's been years like how are you imagine just like imagine the state of mind we must have in that scenario to to barely acknowledge that he had entered that's fair you, you know what i mean i just kind of put a, a window over of course of course pain over all this where he's like <clears throat> exaggerating the slights even 20 years later especially 20 years later so, so as I said, they're like they're planning this party um, for Zerkov's departure, and Zerkov is this guy who they all kind of admire. He seems to be like a man's man in many senses, um, and he he very very painfully. This is so awkward to read. He like very painfully invites himself to the party when it's abundantly clear that they don't want him to come. I was I was actually curious. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. I was actually curious. This was, you know, we said that we've related to the underground man in various degrees, like in, in different ways. I could not relate to him at all in this way. And in fact, I even related to his friends. Like, I think I've been his friends more than I've been doth, like the, the underground man there. Like, I, I've never had the impulse to invite myself to something where it was like, kind of even i suspect that i wasn't wanted because like that just seems it's not even something like it's not even something that i kind of wanted to but thought it was more noble or like more virtuous to it's like my interest kind of immediately <laughs> not to your advantage what's that yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah but like like i, I it's, it's not even something that like i have to resist wanting to do i don't know yeah i mean you just find yourself doing otherwise clearly <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the spite here, because he actually spe- says specifically that Zerkov, he particularly loathed amongst all yes, of his like yeah. school comrades. Yes. And it's like, it kind of like reassured him that he must. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like positively must go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that like that was the idea that was like, okay, in order to spite them, 
you know, I'll, I'll go just despite them, you know, just because I know they don't want me to. to yes. Yeah. So I, yeah, I've never even had an impulse like that. Like I've, I have the same impulse where it's like, I've been in situations before where it was clear, like I was like not invited. So, oh, it, was, sure. uh, so it was more like, ah, okay. You and know, it was just but, like yeah. awkward. And then yeah, you, it was awkward. Yeah. Awkward. You, don't, you don't invite yourself though. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you no. desired to have been, but it's kind of just yes. like a regret. Yeah. It's yeah. not like <laughs> you just double down and just make everyone miserable. <laughs> And, and yeah. I've often been, you know, because I think Simonov, you know, kind of begrudgingly, like, you know, kind of allows himself to be invited. I've been the other friends, like, more often than not in those scenarios where I'm like, why? <laughs> why why did we just invite <laughs> the underground? Man? <laughs> I, I don't like, did, I, did either of you guys relate to the friends like a lot in that oh, scenario? Yeah. 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 Because, a little because, bit, I'd say. Okay, because maybe maybe this speaks to like a certain bad personality trait of mine, but I'm always just like, what, like what, like no, no, I okay, well, I shouldn't say always, but like I have very clear and like I will fully admit to being like very annoyed that certain people were invited out of pity to things. Yeah, I've I've, I've had instances like that too, where it's just like. Like like the invitation like invitations like made in front of me. I like obviously I wouldn't say anything. Oh, of course. But, yeah. but I'm just I'm just like, oh, are you kidding me? I know. I'm not even sure the person who invited that person likes that person. You yes, I mean? yes. So Which is just, why I said like out of pity almost. Yeah. 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 And and to your point, um, Giffen, he so on on page sixty one, he says, "Of course, the best thing would be to not go at all." But that was the most impossible of all. <laughs> Once I feel impelled to do anything, I'm completely drawn into it head first. I would have jeered at myself even afterwards. So you funked it. You funked the real thing. You funked it. On the contrary, I passionately longed to show that all rabble that I was uh, all that rabble that I was not at all such a coward as I pictured myself. What is more, even in the acutest par paroxysm of this cowardly fever, I dreamed of getting the upper hand, of overcoming them, carrying them away, making them like me, if only for my elevation of thought and unmistakable wit. This is just like... <laughs> he wants to be like the hero of a story here. Like he's like but, everyone yes. loathes him, but by the end of like my encounter, they will be forced to love yes. him. They will worship listen Zirkov himself will worship at my feet. Yes, listen to this. He says they would abandon Zirkov. He would sit on one <laughs> side, silent and ashamed, while I would crush Zirkov. Then he <laughs> wanted to be an exaggerated version of Zirkov. Then then perhaps I would be reconciled to him and toast our camaraderie. So they'd become like friends after he would crush him. Yeah. <laughs> Like what? what? It was like the, I, I was just like, dude, what on earth? I, I could not relate to that at all. Yeah, the no, least just, And I, I don't know if you guys had like the same idea, kind of like before the meeting. But for me, I almost like expected to loathe these guys because yes. of what I was yes. being primed for by the. Yeah. You know, what I mean, I yes. was expecting them to just be like be terrible, and it wasn't like they were like especially pleasant, of course. But it was like. They're actually not nearly as bad as like what he had like concocted in his mind. I mean, they're like, just like hanging out. Yeah, exactly. Trying to be nice friends, going away party. Yeah, yeah. Their, their position is far more understandable than his. Yeah, he's a he's a nut. Hmm. And, and he, he just descends further. And dude, dude, like the party scene. I was just like, oh, I was just. That was the one of the funniest things where he just like sweating and pacing not saying anything not communicating with them at all because like everything he refuses is just, to leave every yes everything is horrible where he like 
he shows up at five o'clock but the party was scheduled for six you know Simonov told him five and you know you kind of get the sense that like he told him on purpose five or or failed to update him on purpose yeah yeah i think that was what happened and so he's just like sitting there just like steaming because for an hour (laughs) yes yes you know because like the table because it's like it's like a private room or whatever and like you know the waiter is like still like setting up the room and everything and he's just steaming there like just so furious and they arrive and it like the whole thing there no one's actually happy to see him like no one embraces him like no one greets him no, you know they do I, they do i mean that like that's what makes it even cringier because like Zverkov, remember, like holds his hand out, shakes his hand, asks how he's been doing, and he takes that as a slight. He's just like he's like. Remember, he was just like, uh, like the handshake was just to get rid of me, to move me aside. And it was oh, like it, yeah. it was just like oh, yeah. it was so cringy. It was like, like I know you're right. Yeah, um, there's nothing he could have done <laughs> to yeah, not he, have been a social slight. That like he just you know two more years of his own yeah, suffering. He, he greeted him fairly warmly. Actually, it was like. <laughs> It was, like, the, it was surprisingly warmly, actually, considering like you know, they were all the more reason to hate him. Yeah, I, I forgot. Maybe this is what I was confused about because the terrible thing is too, you get the sense that like the door kind of is kicked open. They all very ch- you know, kind of like as chums like come in together. He's been there steaming. <laughs> It's just like this, dude. The dinner, the dinner is horrible too. Like I, I don't, I don't have a lot of like details or quotes up from this, but like I just, I just remember bad. the the arc is so terrible. Where they like, you know, they begin to like ask him his salary, and he he's indignant. He's like, you know, why are you cross examining me? But of course, immediately forfeits like his salary too, and they all go. <laughs> Not very handsome <laughs> to, to, to his salary. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> Not very <laughs> handsome. <laughs> and it's just like it's just this like horrible, tense experience where he's, you know, he like the like like the toast is horrible too, where he's doing this thing where like you know, they kind of toast to Zerkov's success and like, you know, good health or whatever. And he's just drunk and he's just, he's sitting, he's like sitting down and he won't toast. And, and the, the tea guy, um, Trudobolyov, uh, turns and he's like, why? He like roars at him. He's like, why? He's like, you can't be like, you know, why won't you toast to Zerkov? He's like, he, he's like drunk. He's just like, because I want to make my own toast. He's like, he stands up and he's like, I, first of all, he's like, I hate. Okay, can I read it? Yeah, I don't have the quote. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Zverkov, I began. Let me tell you, I hate phrases, phrase mongers, and corseted waste. <laughs> That's the first point. And there, was the a second, and there was a second one to follow it. <laughs> The second point is, I hate dirty stories and people who tell dirty stories, especially people who tell dirty stories. <laughs> so, and, and this is after, like, you know, Zverkov just told some escapade where he was yeah. just like, you know, some rendezvous with some woman. The third point, I love truth, sincerity, and honesty. So um, I love thought, Monsieur Zverkov. I love true comradeship. On an equal footing and not, hmm, I love, but however, why not? <laughs> so it's like incoherent because he's drunk. I would drink to your health too, Munger Zerkov. 
seduce the Circassian girls, shoot the enemies of the fatherland, and enter your health, Monsieur Zirkov. Yeah. And, and everyone is just very, very just taken aback by like what he said. <laughs> Zirkov still kind of acts like, you know, it's true. It's he like, keeps. The, I am very much obliged to you. Yes, and then and then yeah, Trudobolyavr. He's like he like roars. He's like I ought to sock him. We first groups. Damn the fellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Zirkov is like graciously but like uncomfortably like trying to like turn like this conversation and like yes, <laughs> make it seem as if he's not like a villain. And then they're pounding up. Damn the fellow. <laughs> He wants to punch in the face. Yeah, then for Fetchkins, you get challenges for Fetchkin to a door. <laughs> <laughs> Even Simonov is like, we ought to turn him out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and for Fetchkin's just like, I, I, I wouldn't dare to like, like you, you, he, he goes like, you know, uh, you couldn't even insult me. Or like, no, no, Zirkov says that. He's like, you couldn't even, like, even insult me. So he's just like beneath contempt. It's just like this horrible figure. Yeah, afterwards, this is um, the <laughs> underground man thinking to himself. He's like, now is the time to throw a bottle at their heads. I thought to myself. <laughs> I picked and up all, the bottle and then and filled my, my glass. That this like that entire like that entire thing made me think about that quote. He's like where, where he said, I am never a, a coward at heart, but I often am a coward at action. That's where he's like coward. he's got these like you know he's like thinking of like throwing a bottle because because clearly he stands up and begins the toast as like he's going to just like expose this guy he's just going to like unmask his villainy his arrogance but then he he like be, he, he's here's like the underground man's problem he's like always in between two courses of action because he's obsessed with thought so he'll like stand up and he neither tells him off nor actually like ingratiates himself he does this like just mealy mouthed middling thing where like clearly he insulted him, but then he tries to like kind of make it back. He's he's like a real inability to commit to anything. Yeah. 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 No, this definitely ties into <clears throat> the comments in the first part. Like yeah. he, he, whenever he does like not even commit, but just kind of like has to make the decision, just it's always the poor one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and it's like they, they tried to kind of they were kind of friendly at the beginning like it's like uh i mean they were saying like oh like we like we made you wait like sorry about that like you know i, I don't know why simonoff didn't tell me he's like yeah i don't know why he didn't you know he's just like, <laughs> he, he doesn't like he gives like, them no grace yeah i mean it's just like like okay like how long have you been waiting like truly trudeau you buff inquired I, I arrived punctually at five o'clock as I was informed yesterday. I answered aloud with an irritability that promised an imminent explosion. Like, didn't you let him know that we had changed the hour? And he said, oh, oh, um, oh then like Ferfetchkin laughs and he's like, it isn't funny at all. I cried to Ferfetchkin more and more irritated. It wasn't my fault, but other people's, they neglected to let me know. It was it was it was simply absurd <laughs> you can imagine him just just like losing his mind at the table <laughs> it's a classic example of where kind of it's one of those classic examples where everyone is a bit of a bad actor but like a very mild one because like yeah he probably like you know but but then there's one person who will just have like the dinner descend into hell you know what i mean like you you need because if everyone's kind of you know kind of like a subpar actor 
you need that person just like, okay, just let's pull it back. Let's bring it up to like above ground. You know what I mean? But he just dives. He just embraces like the, it, it's, the worst it's part is that it's like, rising and he just, he's spiced him for it so much. Yeah. And he thinks just like, you know, he, you think you're so good that you'll rise. You'll see that we won't rise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But by my actions. Yes. We will um, not rise. That'll so, show you Zerkov. So we should talk about like the brothel scene, obviously, um, because basically they um, so like what all of the friends go. They're like, you know, let's keep this night going. Let's go set up the brothel, <laughs> and, you know, as we all have. Uh, and, and, um, and so he he follows them intending to slap Zerkov and expose his villainy again, which is. Uh, because he wants he wants Zerkov to duel him, but he knows that Zerkov like will never you know kind of stoop to his level to do it. But he thinks you know if I can just like get a slap off on him, then he'll be forced to because it's like such a such a, an affront to his honor, you know. So <clears throat> he um he follows them to uh, the brothel. And this was another instance, actually, where the deter- like the determination came up again because he he exclaimed, "It is ordained! It is fate! Drive on! Drive on to that place!" As he, you know, like he was like accosting the, the driver there. Yeah, I want to read one of the, the quotes yeah. of the driver. Get on, driver! Get on, you rascal! Get on! He's like hitting him in the back. <laughs> It's like a wonderful visual too, because like, I mean, this isn't like relevant to the plot, but he, uh, I mean, at one point he tells the driver to stop, right? And then he kind yes, of wanders yes. out into the middle of the street, bro. <laughs> kind of like debating whether he actually wants to go yes, through with it. Yes. Then he gets back and he's like, come on! He's like, <laughs> the guy's like, you know. He's, yeah. he's cracking the whip as hard as he can to like get the yeah. horse to, yeah. <laughs> And like the moment where he's like, it is ordained, it is fate, drive on, drive on. He says, and in my impatience, I punched the sledge driver <laughs> on the back of the neck. What are you up to? What are you what hitting are you me for? for? The poor man shouted, but he whipped up his nag so that it began to kick out. Like she just punches him in the back of the neck. You can, t- you can tell this is like kind of the moments that really clearly illustrate that he doesn't actually seek equality with anyone because he, whenever he behaves with someone who's like clearly on a lower social status, he abuses them. Yes, yeah. yes, like yeah. pure abuse. And it, and this like will you know lead into the final uh, scenes as well because <laughs> who is what is more lowly on the social like hierarchy than a prostitute? Yeah, exactly. That's, we're going to a brothel. He hates he hates people above him because they're above him, and he hates people who are below him because they're below him. He just has like complete contempt for everyone. Yeah, it's while bad. while also obviously being like he both hates people, but he's obviously also so he's such a weak person that he's dependent on their ideas about him too. So it's this like just like really terrible like warped value system yeah just just, yeah it's just really really bad um and um so he basically he he arrives at the brothel and he has sex with a young girl there whose name is liza and they talk so they you know you know so they have sex and they're talking afterwards in this very like strained fashion and 
he weirdly calls, he kind of like refers to her as almost like a slave. Um, and I had a quote that stuck out to me about that. Um, <clears throat> uh, so so he, he was kind of, you know, he, he was talking about how, you know, Giffen, you said she's a prostitute and he was talking about how, you know, this is like a horrible life. Why are you living this life? You know, you could, you could do so much better, which is ironic given that like, obviously they just had sex. So he's sort of like participating in this lifestyle too. And he, and so uh, on page 82, so the same thought may have been straying through her mind when she was staring at me just before. So she too was capable of certain thoughts Damn it all. This was curious. Is this kinship? I thought almost rubbing my hands. And indeed, how, how can one fail to manage a young soul like that? The sport in it attracted me the most. So he was like, cause he literally goes, so she too was capable of certain thoughts. He, he almost views her as like incapable of certain thoughts while obviously at the same time being like extremely intimidated by her and unsure of himself in front of her. How did you interpret that certain thoughts? Cause what it seemed to me is that he thought she was feeling ways that he often does. So it was like a, a sympathy kind of um, thing. Yeah. I mean, it was also seemed like he was falling for her a bit. Um, oh, clearly. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. It's like, Oh, you actually, <laughs> we maybe, you know, we share this, we have this thing in common, maybe, you know? Um, yeah. Well, this is something I noticed about him too, is like, he's obsessed with viewing people as their social or economic status. He's like obsessed with it. He, like he, he always reviews or, or, or refers to people rather by like their title, by their position, like he, you know, he's like if they have none, he whacks him in the back of the head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was like I almost took that as he was like surprised that, that this girl is like more than like just he, it almost it was almost as though he kind of viewed her as like this thing that would almost just like turn off when like people were you, you know like you know using her. It was I don't... The, the, the whole thing was very very strange because it's like. Yeah. He, it, it almost seemed like the conversation was normal enough until she began to say like, okay, you know, you speak like a book. Yeah. And then he just goes into like these long, just like soliloquies yes. as he just kind of rhapsodizes about like, you know, almost like her poor state of life. Yeah. And like what, and like what she's destined to become. Yes. And it's just like, like the woman with the fish on the doorstep. Like yeah. Being beaten. yeah. And, and, did you, and did you take that as true that like he had actually witnessed that? No, no, completely fabricated. It seemed completely fabricated because like earlier in the conversation, he admits the fact that like, you know, okay. With regard to, um how waterlogged some of like the graves can get he's like you know he was kind of <laughs> no but he was just kind of like talking about uh oh i'm sorry oh. Did, that, did the mic pick that up yes oh really oh I'm... Just, just a little bit just oh little bit. sorry no no you're good um <laughs> but he was just like okay i didn't actually witness you know uh these waterlogged graves but he's he admits like, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, he's it's like, like yeah, I've been there dozens of times. Yeah, exactly. But you know, he hadn't. But it made for you know a good, good conversation piece. Yeah, it's it seems possible. <clears throat> it wasn't one hundred percent clear, but I think he just kind of stole these things from books he read. 
Yeah. 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 It's very possible. Because like, because, and this is, I think, leads to some of the surprise he views towards like Liza is not only that like she's capable, like, you know, and intelligent, but also that she, she, she maybe read a book that he was stealing from. Oh, like, really? I didn't, okay. I didn't see well, that. The, the, the book comments seem to suggest that. And then, um, I think I might have like heard some commentary about it um, on another, you know, review of the work that I thought. But like, I I think he's just like, r- like you know, forms these like stories, um, and then just kind of realizes that he's like he uses them. Oh, um, as though they were his own experience. Yeah, right. Because oh, he, he calls it as if he it was him, and then he's like bl- blasted. <laughs> <laughs> the prostitute called me out. <laughs> I actually hadn't read it like that, but that's super interesting. I'm not 100 percent sure. The language is like a, a little bit ambiguous, and the, uh, yeah. again, the narrator is very unreliable. But it yeah. almost seemed like that because, like, the pro. I I thought if it's true, I think it worked really well. That like in the for the story that you know he's that the lowliest station possible, and and she, not only is she like you know sympathetic with him, um, and like not 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 lowly as her station would suggest, but she she surprises him like in many aspects, including the, you know, being read. I, I think though that like the best reading of this is that she didn't know the book though. Yeah. Because, because yeah. It, it does come across that she's very, very naive. Oh yeah. The conversation <laughs> about such things like, you know, like someday you will die. Like, why must I die? You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like, like kind that's of, true. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't seem like she's really looking yeah, it's, that far into the future. Yes, yeah, true. It, Maybe it's not the exact book, but more so like, you tell stories as if you're just pulling them, you know, mm. from from not your own experiences or from other works like a book. Yeah, yeah. He does say, "Oh, hush, Liza. How can you talk about my speaking like a book when it come when it makes me?" Uh, I'm sorry. How can you talk about my speaking like a book when it makes even me, an outsider, feel sick? Though I don't look at it as an outsider, for indeed, all that has touched me. Uh, all that has touched me to the heart. Is it possible? Is it possible that you do not feel sick at being here yourself? So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like that. That's. I think it's congruent with both interpretations. Um, but what what did you guys make of? Because because he like, it was very weird their conversation where he almost is like, he's almost like berating her about her. He's like like, in a way that is not because you could imagine. You know, you could imagine like a conversation with someone who is doing something that is extremely, you know, deleterious to their health, like, you know, yeah. being a prostitute. And you could imagine a conversation where it's like, okay, I care about you. Like, I see what you're doing is not good, like for yourself or for your health, you know, like it's, it's not going to be a happy life. But he's just like, you're a slave. Like you'll be this fish woman, like on a doorstep. Like, and he's almost, he's almost saying it like very contemptuously. Like he both thinks that she should do otherwise, but that he's happy that she isn't because then she would be more equal to him and he likes being above her. Yeah. So, it's so weird the way he talks to her. Yeah. The, the way it kind of feels is like he in, in general, and this is, you know, the same thing happened in the previous kind of section with like the friend group. He's like, he wants to be the hero of this kind of um, story. And in this case, like, you know, wants to be the hero to like this prostitute, like maybe like he's kind of like entertaining the idea of like bringing her like Mm. up. Right. Um, Like out of like the, you know, a brothel because, you know, she seems somewhat capable, but instead like 
he we can realize that all he can do is like put her in such like a like she seems he's like why are you like so why aren't you more miserable like it's only it's almost as if only through him belittling her could she stoop so low as to accept his you know his um offer of being a hero didn't you also find it a little bit weird through like um the hero complex that he was projecting Hmm. it it was he was kind of like giving that complex in several different senses like in one sense it was very paternalistic where it was like almost like if i were your father like here's Hmm. how i would have treated you at one point but then it's like if i were your suitor or your lover here's how i would be and it's like here is how i would be if i were your friend and I, I got, I kind of was able to like pinpoint quotes that kind of would point to all three there, where it was like, it didn't really matter what role he wanted to play necessarily, as long as he was the hero in her life. So that's... That, I had yeah. not noticed the three different roles, but... Yeah, of that's course very it, interesting. Yeah, that is, I mean, it's spot on. That, yeah, that's, I, I love that actually. I had, because he, uh, you know, he obviously talks about, you know, he had been like, there, there, there's one quote where he says, um, he's not speaking, this is just writing. He says, I felt for some time that I was turning her soul upside down and breaking her heart. And the more I was convinced of it, the more I wanted to gain my end as quickly and eff- as effectively as possible. The sport, the sport attracted me, yet it was not merely the sport. And it was just like, and then he talks about, you know, he, he knew that he was speaking stiffly, artificially, even bookishly in, sh- in short, but he didn't know how to speak except, quote, just like a book. So it was like, it, it, it's almost as though, it's almost as though he's like, he believes what he's saying when he's talking about the life that they could have and how this life is like, you know, horrible for her. But he, he believes what he's saying is true, but that he's like taken it too far. Like he's 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 i don't know like have you there's there's obviously versions of this that i think everyone has experienced where you're in like a conversation where someone's obviously naive or doing something stupid or like um actually i was thinking about this and i'll try to keep it very very non-specific but there was like a certain begins to talk about your naive behavior and he's yeah, like, yeah. well, here's what Gethin was doing there was a person that all three of us knew in high school and that person uh, was not giving themselves the best opportunity for a good life quite like the way that Liza was and I, we would often have conversations with that person where well, not quite like, but, you know, obviously they weren't prostituting themselves, but like, you know what I mean? Uh, and narrows it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we would have conversations with this person where I remember, just to be completely blunt, I remember all three of us did this at one point in time, or at least I'm, I'm imagining that you two did, because it was obviously true of me too, to some degree where we would be having conversations about like the future and about like not turning this person's life around, but kind of like what would be best for this person. And there were instances where it went past the bounds of, you know, just offering advice or like talking about what could be. And there was almost this like 
bit of enjoyment not obviously not to the degree of like you know the underground man but like that impulse i think could have been present for all like i i think adam you know what i'm talking about yes and i mean like i like i'll admit there obviously i'm not the underground man in that sense but like he's pointing out this like it's not an arbitrary thing like there's not an arbitrary danger he's pointing out like when you're talking to someone who is lower than you would you, would you agree with that? No, I, I, I definitely would. I mean, I think some people will get this. It's, it's not just a savior complex because it's almost like a, uh, like a transient savior, like savior complex where you kind of like just enjoy the idea of like imagining turning their life around or, mm. or just like just acting as some sort of sage like figure, but more for the enjoyment of like being the sage at yeah. that moment. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and less yeah. so for like, you know, like the gen- like genuine desire to provide good advice, you know? So. And, and, and like the underground man, it, it, he always, like what you said struck me as so perfect because I had thought about this, but I would have never put it in those terms where he, he like fantasizes about kind of turning this person's life around, but never to the point where she's an equal like he he kind of you know he imagines you know them being a couple and him like bringing her out of the situation but then you know he paints this picture of she would be just like eternally grateful to him and you know you know what i mean it's like it's not i don't know there's like this very just a, a slave just in my hands yes yes what well, where's that quote oh what what is that quote about love where he says um oh i've got a that that is it's such a good quote where he says something like, I even wondered at one point if love was nothing more than the willingness to be a slave to the person you love or something like that. Do you remember that quote? I can't remember it exactly, but I, I know you're in the area. I, I think. It, Hold on. Yeah, it's, 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 a very, um, it's very close to that, if not that. Um, I don't know. Okay, I, 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 oh, I see one at the very end, but it's, I think it's a little past where we were in like chapter 10. But... No, chapter 10, this, it was in the first conversation. Okay. No, well, no, all... no, I'm not sure actually. Maybe it was in the second. Maybe it was in the second I, I found a paragraph in chapter 10 at least. Okay, well, just read it. You know, it's... it's... Um, so it's... I'll just read the paragraph. I know I shall be told that this is incredible, but it, it is incredible to be as spiteful and stupid as I was. It may be added that it was strange that I should not love her or at any rate appreciate her love. Why is it strange? In the first place, by then I was incapable of love. For I repeat, with, with me, loving meant tyrannizing and showing mm. my moral superiority. Um, I have never in my life been able to imagine any other sort of love and have nowadays come to the point of sometimes thinking that love really consists in the right freely given by the beloved object to tyrannize over her that's exactly what i was thinking about yeah yeah, yeah so it's, it's a little bit later but yeah he has this like there's this really ugly aspect of him where he has this like he has this real inability to have a relationship with someone where there's no dependence either way yeah any kind of relationship at all i mean this would be true with yeah. like zirkov or you know <laughs> the officer yeah no i I just get the sense that like because 
you're right. He doesn't have any healthy relationships, but you get the sense that like, I mean, he holds down a job. You know what I mean? Like he borrows money from that person. Like he's, these are unhealthy relationships, but he's able to maintain them. But yeah. there's, but there's never once a hint of a relationship that he maintains on anything close to an equal footing. Like he doesn't no, have any no. friends. The, yeah. the one friend he describes has have having had, it was just like him oppressing the other. Ooh. That like that that was his one like po- what he viewed as a positive relationship. That might have yes. like, from his perspective that might be the best, and it yes. was tyranny. Yes, and and like even you know the relationship he has with the guys sending Zerkov off. Uh, that's not a. It's not actually a relationship. They've they've long forgotten about him. They like never wanted to see him again. I mean, it's just. Yeah, it's like very, I don't know, he's just like very ugly side to him, um, which I found disturbing. Um, it, it is quite disturbing. So he just, um, like, it, what, their, their, their first conversation really terminates in this uncomfortable, like, he just kind of leaves. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. Can I actually, like, read this? Yeah, It sure. was so bad. Um, this is, like, right at... I think shortly after the like a book comments. Mm. Um, uh, let me just find a good place. For it. <laughs> so I'll just read the whole paragraph. I knew I was speaking stiffly, artificially, even bookishly. In fact, I could not speak except like a book, but that did not trouble me. I knew I felt that I should under um, that I should be understood and that this very bookishness might be an assistance. Um, but now having attained my effect, I was suddenly panic stricken. Never before had I witnessed such despair. She was lying on her face, thrusting her face into the pillow and clutching it in both hands. Her heart was being torn. Her youthful body was shuddering all over as though in convulsions. Suppressed sobs rent her bosom and suddenly burst out in weeping and wailing. Then she pressed closer into the pillow. She did not want anyone here, not a living soul, to know of her anguish and her tears. She bit the pillow, bit her hand till it bled. I saw that afterwards or thrusting her fingers into her disheveled hair, seemed rigid with the effort of restraint, holding her breath and clenching her teeth. I began saying something, begging her to calm herself, but felt that I did not dare. <laughs> and all at once, in a sort of cold shiver, almost in terror, began fumbling in the dark, trying hurriedly to get dressed to go. So this is like, yeah, this he, is he, what happens. He, like She's like grieving practically over like yes. his, over the conversation they're having and yes. he has like of a, a, a stray thought to comfort her and then decides no let's let's just leave yeah. um, and then that kind of the scene basically ends with like you know he gets a candle um she gets up because she's like the, the light is there and then mm. um he's like come to see me tomorrow and she's like i'll come and then it's just like just this weird anxious I'm kind of departure yeah, like this goodbye so strange well, and, and he also like doesn't wish the best for her like at heart because i mean mm. re- re- like recall like as like he's departing she like you know quickly says i need to get something right so she runs and grabs a letter that i believe mm. some someone in medicine who she had met at a party had like taken a fancy to her and had yeah. written her like this wonderful letter about how he's, you know, super interested and is like attempting to court her. And this person's like of apparently like decent standing, right? And he doesn't and, know and of her background. He doesn't know if exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and then like, and like, what's the underground man's take? That's ah, going to amount to nothing. And it's almost like, and this, he, that, <laughs> that was her real hero. Yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly, yes. exactly. So he like dismisses like, any possibility for her real elevation. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's not an elevation unless worst. it's like, through me. 
So exactly, exactly. He's actually willing to sacrifice her real possibility of escaping this life so that he can sort of torment and be tormented by her. Like it's it's like it's a horrible dude. Yeah, no, exactly. Is... So so it's like, you know, any decent person in that might actually stay and give advice about like, okay, here's how you might you might want to pursue that. You know, and I mean after like pretty much saying, okay, your life is a hellhole and you're going to die alone. <laughs> in like in basically like an unmarked grave and people will toast you at the bar one final time and then that will be the end of your existence like all of your abusers will like toast you at the bar and she's like hey actually there's like a potential way out and he's like it'll amount to nothing and it's just like he's just a bad guy i had forgotten about that it was like villainous yeah it's really bad yes and and um so he leaves and because he he thinks that she's going to come see him the next day and she doesn't. And this sort of sends him into like an unhinged fit of <laughs> like just <laughs> thinking, overthinking, self-loathing, like the hero complex disintegrating. So you need to build it back up. It's it's bad. It's pages and pages of like I, I was cackling though at the absurdities with his butler, Apollon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy who hasn't gotten paid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> who knows how long? and he still abuses him and, and he, he he calls him his tormentor he's just, because like the guy it was like it was like the weirdest thing i've ever read because he he had like he had um withheld apollon's pay to pay for like the dinner and like the like the um you know he, he was already in financial distress because of like the, you know the leather gloves the beaver the faux beaver fur you know so he just like he just like withheld this guy's pay and the way he asked for it was like very, very minor in comparison to like withholding his pay. You know, this, this, like the butler, like he said, he like stood in his doorway or whatever, just with like clenched fists, just like stared at him, which would like, well, be- well, he'd, he'd have like pursed lips yes. and, and would like maintain <laughs> eye contact. So, so like every two hours he would emerge from his room, right? And mm. would like stand outside the room and just stare at the underground man. Yes. And then like the underground man, like at one point, like turns around and just like maintains eye contact for two minutes and then like then turns back to what he's doing. Like it's just it's like a, it's another classic example of both parties are not acting well. Like, you know, to just but you know, for your pay, like you know, like the butler should really just say, like, you know. You haven't paid me. I understand you may be in like some financial struggles or whatever, but like we kind of established like a you know a payment schedule or something. Yeah. Instead, he's like in this spiral. He's like he was the bane of my life, the curse <laughs> laid upon me by providence. <laughs> I do love when he like, screams, "Tormentor, tormentor!" Yes, and he and, and he he's like crying out, "Tormentor!" And the butler just turns stolidly to go away, and he rushes after him and grabs him by the shoulders, and he's like. You're like many sins should be forgiven of me for what I've put up with you from you, and he's just like, if you have an order for me, sir, I am commanded to take it or whatever. He's just like, it's not. He's just like, I. He's like, I hate you. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I think we should read part of that just for fun. Okay, do it. I don't okay, have anything. So to it. yeah. So I'm just gonna just kind of read the whole page here. Um. Okay, so they, they, they continue like with this, you know, they've been like staring at each other for like a few minutes and then kind of repeating this process a few <laughs> times. But this time the, the, uh, the usual maneuvers of severe staring had scarcely begun when I lost my temper and flew at him in a fury. I was irritated beyond endurance even without him. 
Wait, I shouted in a frenzy as he was slowly and silently turning with one hand behind his back to go to his room. Wait, come back, come back, I tell you. And I must have bawled so unnaturally that he turned round and even looked at me with a certain amazement. However, he persisted in saying nothing. That infuriated me. How dare you come and look at me like that without being sent for? Answer. After looking at me calmly for half a minute, <laughs> he began turning round again. Wait, I roared, running up to him. Don't, don't stir. There, answer now. What did you come in to look at? If you have any order to give me at the, at the, the moment, it is my duty to carry it out. He answered after another silent pause with a slow measured lisp. Oh yeah, he lisped, <laughs> raising his eyebrows and calmly twisting his head from one side to another. All this with uh, exasperating composure. <laughs> here's, here's where it starts getting really bad. That's not it. That is not what I'm asking you about. You torture, I shouted, shaking <laughs> with anger. I'll tell you myself, you torture. Why don't you cut money? Why you came here? You see, I don't give you your wages. You were so proud you don't want to bow down and ask for it. And so you have come to punish me with your stupid stares to torture me. And you have no suspicion, you torture. How stupid it is. Stupid, 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 stupid. <laughs> And then he turns around again. He's like, listen, <laughs> here's the money. Do you see it? Here it is. Here's the whole seven rubles, but you are not going to have it. You are not going to have it until you've come res respectfully with a bowed head to beg my pardon. Do you hear? He just responds again. That cannot be. He answered with the most unnatural <laughs> self-confidence. It will be so. <laughs> I, I give you my word of honor. It will be. And then like it continues on, but I, I won't keep going. But remember, he like asks him to go to like uh, he's like go to the police. Yeah, go fetch the police. <laughs> go at once without a minute's delay and fetch the police officer. Yeah, because yeah. the butler said like I could have you arrested for this behavior. He's like then go. He's like he's like do it. Have me arrested. <laughs> I love that he had intended to like kind of withhold the pay for a fortnight, possibly two. And he lasted four days before he's like, here! <laughs> I know why you're here in the articulated forum. <laughs> yes. This is madness. It's like and a real telltale heart moment there. Where it's yes, just like, yes. like the butler like probably goes into the room and for two hours like isn't thinking about the money necessarily, but it, it comes out and like will kind of like let him yeah. know. But it's just like like the underground man is just seething there all day, just like you know what I mean, just, just like waiting for him to emerge from the room. So yes, and yet yes. another instance where like this is a clear social inferior because he's his butler. Yes, <laughs> but the butler yes. is just better than him. Yes, <laughs> above him in every way. Dude, I I actually hadn't thought about this until like listening to Adam read this, but you could almost imagine. That the butler himself is a bit of an underground man in certain respects, for like from this. But he, you could imagine, you know, he had, you know, was a good young lad at one point, had sort of a bad fall in life. He's got to be a butler for someone. And then he interacts with this Cretan for like seven years. He's been his butler. Like he's probably got some underground tendencies of himself after that long. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, just, yeah. Like the, like the cycle of just madness kind of perpetuates itself. You're not and, a healthy relationship yet again. No, no. And, um, and then this this uh, conversation or this fight or argument immediately leads into um, uh, Liza yes. entering. Because <clears throat> she opens the door as he's like racking him with the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. 
and he, he, well, he's screaming, "I will kill him! <laughs> kill him!" I shrieked. <laughs> so yes, um, and and he, you know, just like turns and just like runs to his room in like embarrassment and shame, and um, <laughs> and she, you know, she comes into the room and it's very it's very awkward because they're both like not speaking but he's also like dude it's his emotions in that conversation are just like unhinged where he's like he was like he's like i positively loathed her for coming and like wanted to punish her for her silence now but then but then he'll like obviously have you know he's like acting out like you know deep feelings for her because uh, it's not explicitly stated, but you get the sense that this was the first girl he was ever intimate with. Um, like you, I, you definitely get that sense from him. Believable. Um, yeah, believable. And because um, he, he described himself as like a very unattractive man to remember. He was like, I caught a look of myself in the mirror at the brothel. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like the, the third word and like, or the third uh, sentence in the book is I'm an unattractive man. It, it, it is hard to kind of get exactly what he looks like though, because, you know, I, I, I don't want to like derail us for a second, but okay. So when he was talking about his interactions with like his coworkers, he describes his face as unintelligent right he says like he wishes he had a more intelligent face like he he, like, I thought he said up. he had an intelligent but no, unattractive no. face no actually he says that he had later on but that's why uh, here's the contradiction oh, okay later during like the conversation during the dinner um he says like you know i have a much more intelligent face and he speaks of like the intelligence in his face but i'm pretty sure he says he has an unintelligent face and, and like wishes for a more intelligent face. He thinks it's kind of hmm. brutish. Depends um, on where you are in like the endless okay, cycle of self-loathing egoism. I found this, but I was absolutely and painfully certain that my face could never express those perfections. But what was worst of all, I thought it positively stupid looking and I would have been quite satisfied if I could have looked intelligent. In fact, I would even have put up with looking base if at the same time my face could have been thought terribly intelligent. Exactly. Yeah. So so that that's that's on one hand he's saying that, but I'm sure your memory is thinking like, okay, later on when he's with like, you know, former schoolmates, mm-hmm. he speaks of how intelligent his face does look. <laughs> So it's like he, I, I, it's hard to kind of get an impression of what he actually looks like. Cause on one hand, he'll just kind of like slip into, you know, I'm, I'm hideous, I'm, you know, unintelligent yeah, but... looking, but then like in other, you know, moods, he'll be saying like, you know, I have a very intelligent looking face. Yeah. yeah. He probably looks like fine. Like maybe a little like less than cleanly because of his behavior, but he probably looks fine. And it's just one of the things where he just compulsively like analyzes it. And we also everyone else's psychotic. perspectives yeah. on him. We also know he's not very tall because he talked yeah. about like yeah. the six True. foot man in the bar. Yeah, the officer. And we also know that he's very kind of withered looking. Um, yes. Yeah, from the conversations with his friends because they, you know, oh how thin you've like let yourself <laughs> yeah. get. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I don't know. Did did you guys have any thoughts about like the conversation, the second conversation with Liza? Because ah, it was just like the entire thing for me was very weird and I didn't really know what to make of it because he would be like, I mean, in like the classic kind of paradoxicalist that he is, he would just be like 
hating her one moment and then just like imagining a life with her the next and it was just it was like very it was just it was very like it it was just like it it was just just, tortured there was just no way for i mean like the the um almost like the scenes between the conversations are just completely different because in the first one it's like she views him as a hero and yeah. like that, that that pleases him greatly but obviously when she comes to see like the squalor that he lives in like something that just like in his mind he thought that she viewed him as a hero and later on in his mind he thinks that that's like fallen apart in her mind so like for him it just like um he completely goes mad because of that so so that's true but at the same time doesn't she also make a comment about like she kind of has this desire to almost like abscond with him? Mm. She she I'm having a hard time finding it, but she almost like motions towards this idea of like both of them just kind of like eloping and starting a life together. Um, yeah, he doesn't like that though because that would, no. that, would that would put them on like even even footing, of course. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's no longer the hero. Yeah, so. no, of course. I also wondered, um, on page 94, it was on page 94, um, he, this is the morning after, um, and he says, and I was so taken up by that morning that I actually forgot all about Lisa. And he says, Lisa, not Liza. I didn't even notice that. I actually, (laughs) I wondered if that was purposeful there, but like. Totally purposeful. Yeah. In a way in which he's trying to convince us that he didn't care about her, but he obviously did. I didn't notice that. That's interesting. I, I read that and I was like, wait, this is there's no way that this is a typo. Especially I, considering I was reading it as Lisa the entire time. Of course, time. yeah. So, so whenever I read Lisa, I didn't even notice that. Either. Oh, I was reading it as Liza. Okay, so that's well, that's why, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like he's he's like constantly because he, he he was even making those remarks like to the readers he was like you know i assure you this like what you're thinking could not be farther from the truth about me <laughs> actually i don't see a um typo in my version oh really i see only i'm because like i'm looking at like the word doc so i'm just control f um but i don't okay. see i see consistently l-i-s-a or l-i-z-a Oh, okay. Interesting. Even on page, even on, it's the beginning of chapter eight. In part two. <clears throat> Give me one sec. The very end of the first paragraph of chapter eight. Forgot all about L-I-Z-A. Yeah, so it's consistent oh. there. That's interesting. Odd. I wonder if that's like consistent- an error on the translator's part or if that's like some nuance that wasn't captured in the translation I'm looking at from the Russian. Interesting. It's consists it, <laughs> it fits with either but it's like dude the 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 placement of that typo because like if it was anywhere else there's how many times was liza written i don't know maybe maybe i'm like you know, 37 according to mine okay so i'm being a bit of an underground man myself then like finding patterns where they don't exist but i don't know i'm i'm not i'm not sure that it's not a typo yeah it's neither spelled, am I. It's spelled correctly okay. in the same paragraph so uh, maybe yeah maybe um um i'm just i'm 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 thinking about like thinking about because they have this i don't do that like their relationship is so strange because like 
he basically lashes out at her and <clears throat> like says like why have you come like why do you torment me why don't you go why after all do you stand there in front of me so he's like he's like in hysterics and she um she responds to him with like love and empathy almost and she like recognizes that he's like a deeply unhappy person and they like have this almost embrace of sorts which is like very I, it's kind of speaks poorly of both of them to be honest um that they're both like just kind of engaging in that level of behavior um and she yeah it's, it's very weird um because he says i don't know to this day i cannot decide and at the time of course i was still less able to understand what i was feeling than now I cannot get on without domineering and tyrannizing over someone after all, but, but after all, there is no explaining anything by reasoning and consequently it is useless to reason. So he's like, <clears throat> he's like, I, I take it there that he's, um, he's like, he's given the opportunity now when he's writing about this to be like, okay, how was I, you know, like, how did I act to, against my own advantage there? Like, how was I a bad person? And then he's just like, well, you, you can't, you can't reason anything. So like, why analyze it? So he's like failing to even take the opportunity to understand what went wrong there. Hmm. Cause he says I was a despicable man and what was worse incapable of loving her. But then he like wanted to be her hero too, which is like very, I just found that extremely like a cancerous set of desires there. Um, yeah, and it's and you can never take this guy at face value. I mean, it's like yeah, like anything he says. I mean, like on page one hundred and eight, he's like, um, it's like afterwards. Before I got home, I was cursing and swearing at you because of that address. I hated you already because the lies I had told you. Because I only like to play with words, to dream in my mind. But do you know what I really want is that you would go all to hell. That is what I want. I want peace, yes. I'd sell the whole world for a farthing right now. Mm. So long as I was left in peace. Yeah. So it's like, um, it, it, and that's, that actually summarizes like a lot of his thoughts, honestly. It's yeah. just like, I mean, it's like, just like what you were saying earlier, like, you know, the oscillation between like, you know, for her to go, but then also possibly envisioning a future with her. It's like, it's, and, and this and this goes up until the very last moment of their of their embrace too, where he's so she's leaving because things are like sort of I don't I don't know. I have to imagine it was like a very awkward thing where like both of them are both at the same time kind of like wanting for the relationship to progress, but both of them also not allowing it to. And it's just like this very awkward encounter between them. And so she's going to leave. And she says, Goodbye, she said, going towards the door. I ran up to her, seized her hand, opened it, thrust something in it, and closed it again. Then I turned immediately and hurried myself uh, and hurriedly rushed uh, to the other corner of the room to avoid seeing anyway. I meant to lie a moment ago, to write that I did this accidentally, not knowing what I had done, through foolishness, through losing my head. But I don't want to lie, and so I will say straight out that I opened her hand and put the money in it from spite. It came into my head to do so while I was running up and down the room and she was sitting behind the screen. 
But I can say this for certain, though I did that cruel thing purposefully, it was not an impulse from my heart, but came from my evil brain. This cruelty was so affected, so purposefully made up, so completely a product of the brain of books that I could not keep it up for a minute. First, I rushed to the corner to avoid seeing her, and then in shame and despair, rushed after Liza. I opened the door in the passage and began listening. Liza, Liza, I cried on the stairs, but in a low voice, not boldly. There was no answer, but it seemed to me I heard her footsteps lower down on the stairs. Liza, I cried more loudly, no answer. But at that minute, I heard the stiff outer glass door open heavily with a creak and slam violently. The roar echoed up the stairs. So like even in their last encounters, he's both at the same time. Like, I mean, when he like opens her hand and puts the money in it, he's just like confirming that their interaction was transactional. Yeah. The a last <laughs> final slight that he admits he can't, he can't even lie about. It. He's like, this was spite. This was cruelty. Like this yes. was intentional. But then at the same he time, thought about it in advance. Dude, this guy, like, he is he is actually possessed. This goes back to part one where he is possessed by inability to just decisively act because he does that out of spite. He's, like, ashamed of it. He turns away. She leaves. He runs after her but shouts but not loudly. Like, yeah, it, it, dude, it's like th- this guy is, like, actually just this is, like, horrible. This is, like, it, this is, like, it, hell. It, it was, like, mega cringe at this point, to be yes, honest. Like, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> or giga cringe yeah he does yeah. yeah i mean he he clearly has feelings for her but hates himself for it and it's just like cycle that just perpetuates yes. and perpetuates to the point where he like at the very end he just sees the opportunity to give her one last slight right like yes dude it's thank you for horrible. your time it's horrible and and she she gets the upper hand like she, she refuses like she crumples up the bill and he finds it later like yes the of stairs. yes like he like this is like you know a very intentional ending to the story but he, he has put himself below the prostitute like yes yes at the end of this like liza is better than him just strictly yes and he even says like a moment later i flew like a madman to get dressed flinging on what i could at random and ran headlong after her she could not have gone 200 paces away when i ran out into the street it was still an it was a still night And the snow was coming down in masses and falling almost perpendicularly, blanketing the pavement and the empty street. There was no one in the street. Not a sound was to be heard. The street lamps gave a disconsolate and useless glimmer. I ran 200 paces to the intersection and stopped short. Where had she gone? And why was I running after her? So he's he's like, he just, dude, this guy... This is like a this is like a horrible inability to just like escape his own head. It's like it's horrible, honestly. He says, "Why to fall down before her, to sob with remorse, to kiss her feet, to beg her forgiveness? I longed for that. My whole heart was being rent into pieces, and never, never will I recall that minute with indifference. But what for? I thought, would I not begin to hate her, perhaps even tomorrow, just because I had kissed her feet today? Would I give her happiness?" Had I not again recognized that day for the hundredth time what I was worth, would I not torment her? Dude, so he's like, he's actually ruined this girl's possibility of a life for torture for him and and her. And you get the sense that like, I don't know about like you guys, but you, I just get the sense that like, um, 
he will be in agony no matter how it terminates. And he's just like oscillating back and forth between different ways that it terminates and constantly just, uh, dude, it's like, a, it's just, oh, it's like horrible. That's why like moments like this, I mean, it would probably be worth like a second read through, but like instances like at the very end right there, it's just like, I'm not even sure what this says about human nature, like in a deep sense, because this is like schizophrenic behavior. It, it, it's not that we don't engage in that to some extent. Like I'm obviously we all do. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it was madness at the end here. It was I mad. Mean, it was, I mean, like, yeah, he does like debase himself to like the lowest possible, you know, like, you know, instance of just humanity. And mm. suddenly like, he's like lower on the totem pole than Liza. And he's not like, even on, the totem pole is above him like he's below the ground where the totem pole rests yeah so it's like so suddenly like she's like superior to him he's like oh i must follow you now you know who rejecting the money i must tear after her you know like suddenly you know it, it, it's like what i despise her for it tomorrow <laughs> it's like it's ridiculous. It's really bad. It's, it's ridiculous. It was due to his madness. And then like uh, in the very end, the last paragraph, he kind of um, he circled back around to the aphoristic part one where he says, mm-hmm. come try, come give any one of us, for instance, a little more independence, untie our hands, widen the spheres of our activity, relax the controls. And we, yes, I assure you, we would immediately beg to be under control again. I know that you will very likely be angry with me for that. And we, and will begin to shout and stamp your feet, speak for yourself. You will say, and for your miseries in your underground holes, but don't dare say all of us, excuse me, gentlemen, after all, I do not mean to justify myself with that. All of us. And it's just like, hmm. he, yeah, it's crazy. Cause he just like, he, he's a guy who longs for independence, gets it, longs to be determined by other things, gets it, tries to rebel against that, longs to be just like independent again. It's just like he's never going to be satisfied with anything. And yeah, I mean, given, as you said, he says, you know, he, he ends the writing with, but enough, I don't want to write more from underground. But the notes of this paradox, paradoxicalist do not end here, however. He cannot resist and continued them. But it also seems to me that we may stop here. Yeah. It's 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 like Dostoevsky's like entire goal in part two. And I'm 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 just sure this what, what like this is like what his thinking was. He's like, okay, how can I create a character who always works to his disadvantage? Yes. Instead yes. of to his advantage. Like yeah. you know, here's the thesis by some of like my contemporaries that man works to his advantage as long as he knows what, you know, knows what his advantage is. Can I create a literary character that always works to his disadvantage? (laughs) And he knows that he does. And it's like, yeah, he does. He created that. Yeah, he did. It is is madness, but he, that this is psychologically like, yeah, honest enough that like we can yes. still it like it, it imparts that realism because we can sympathize with some of like you know yes the more minor aspects of you know what he's engaging in maybe not the extremity of it but it, it yeah he, he succeeded yeah, he, he wants you to like recognize probably like 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 you were saying earlier either given or jordan that okay here are elements that you can point to and say okay in that same way as the underground man, I sometimes 
act to my disadvantage. So I don't solely act to my advantage or perceived advantage because there are some instances that I, you know, perhaps align with the underground man. Um, Yeah. And not in every case, because if you do in every case, you are just like a monster. Yeah. You're (laughs) a monster. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then that ties back to the thesis in part one where he says, you know, like the, 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 I, the notion that we can kind of act strictly to one's advantage Mm. it it must be rejected and like the you know rational egoism or whatever you know uh chernyshevsky's um ideas and things that were popular at the time like they must be abandoned if you like are able to even see any part of you in the underground man right yeah Mm, the the assumption that like we can just follow advantage nebulously is just destroyed here yeah because this yeah, is a man, yeah. like Adam said, strictly to his disadvantage. Almost every moment, mm. is yeah, yeah, he never acts to his advantage. No, no, no like, never <laughs> once. Yeah, it's nor always, hours. Always to his disadvantage. And I'm not sure I really realized that until like halfway through our conversation, where I'm just like, yeah, he, he, he's like literally the antithesis of Chernyshevsky's like thesis. So, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, like he's 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 the opposite of Homo economicus. He's a Homo min- Homo minimus. <laughs> just, just dark Homo economicus. <laughs> yes, yes. Just strictly minimizing his advantage. Yeah, yeah. I I I would be actually really interested because uh, obviously, like you know, we're three guys in our early twenties reading this. I would be actually really interested to hear people's reactions to this who do not fit that demographic. Like, uh, like, a, like if, you know, just like, you know, one of our friends who's a girl read this. I don't, I, I don't, I kind of question if they think it would be, cause like, I don't know about you guys. This was like one of the best novellas I've ever read. Yeah. Same here. This is like one of the best things I've ever read. Yeah. Oh, I loved yeah, it. I agree. I, agree. <laughs> I, I just want, I honestly wonder if that would be a very gender biased response. I feel like it would change a lot of like the at least impressions when you're reading through, especially like the the lattermost part of the example. Yeah. Um, like the you know the process with Liza. Um, that would probably like. Yeah, that's change tough. it slightly. But I feel like every other idea in there and every other scenario would be pretty fair game. True. True. Maybe it's just because it's like a particularly male. Um, the like apotheosis of the story is particularly male you know with the that that's with the true yeah. but i, I yeah. feel like a lot of the elements like you know, fr- you know friend groups and like being in a bureaucracy all <clears> those <throat> can kind of ring true even if it's, it's slightly tinted whenever you get to the you know the prostitution element that's kind of hard to yeah. be able to relate to in the same way yeah fair enough. that's a, just a gendered profession fair enough yeah well i don't know if we have any more thoughts but i'll just say to the listeners the the addition that i got i i cannot recommend people get this enough because it's like a it's a very enjoyable read. And it's also one of those reads where, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I always kind of intend to read in chunks, you know, like I just, and I, this was one of the books where I just like went over what I intended to do because it was just so good. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So with that recommendation, I, I also hope that people can't relate to the story too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you come out and he's like, the underground, the underground man is like my hero. <laughs> Another creature. I'll hail the underground man. Yeah. Uh, um, Finally, my story has been told. <laughs> yeah, truly. Um, all right. Well, I don't know what we're gonna do for for 
uh, the next reading, but it'll be more existentialism. So I hope people are enjoying the series and tune in next time. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Plato's Cave. Um, I always enjoy discussing topics with, uh, with these two guys. So if you want to um, support the show in any way, you can do so simply by sharing it. Uh, I'm hoping to get this show out to more people. Uh, and so if you want to share it on Twitter or social media, that would really help me. Uh, you can also rate it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, like this video if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe uh, via Apple Podcasts or an RSS feed. Uh, you can also discuss it on your own show and link back uh, to my website. Or you can connect me uh, with recommended guests or topics to cover. Uh, you can get in contact with me at Plato's Cave Podcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Jordan underscore C underscore Myers. And I now have a website for my philosophy endeavors at jordanmyers.org. If you want to know a little bit more about me and my fellow co-hosts, um, as I said in the introduction, I'm a master's student in philosophy at the University of Houston. I did my undergrad at the University of Pittsburgh, where I studied mechanical engineering and philosophy. And now that I'm back at school, I'm hoping to more closely study uh, moral responsibility, free will, ethics, epistemology, and moral psychology. Those are topics that I was uh, introduced to and got really interested in in my undergrad work. So uh, Adam and Giffen accompanied me on this show, and Adam is uh, one of my oldest friends. We actually met in kindergarten, um, and we've been interested in philosophical topics for as long as we can remember, and in a lot of ways, it's been the basis of our friendship. Uh, Adam studied chemistry and biology at Cornell, and he is currently working at a law firm. Um, and he's especially interested in moral responsibility as well, but also law, religion, and free will. Uh, Giffen is also one of my oldest friends, and uh, we've been friends since elementary school as well. Um, Giffen studied biology and economics at RPI, and now he works in human health research. Uh, he believes that there's very interesting overlap between both of his fields of study and philosophy, and he's particularly interested in exploring political philosophy. So this series was right up his alley. Um, and with, uh, with all of that information, again, I hope that you enjoyed uh, this episode, and I hope that you get in contact with me or, or follow my work in any way that you uh, deem reasonable to do. So with that, thank you for listening.